Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we are hanging out with Phil Lockwood. Phil is the founder and chief visionary of Distill. His focus is on developing and evolving simple, high-returning web marketing efforts that helps his clients implement and grow. He's a regular guest and speaker on numerous conferences, podcasts like Bloomberg, Business Week, USA Today, ABC, World News, Tonight, Wired, Business 2.0, and many others. He has also recently launched a very successful YouTube channel called Always Be Changing, where he's literally traveling the world, still running his agency, and sharing his uh, experiences with that audience. Phil, welcome to the program. Thanks. Always good to be here, every single time. Well, I was going to say, welcome back to the program, right? Uh, this will be number five for Mr. Phil Lockwood. So if you guys haven't gotten the full update, episode one was Phil Lockwood. Episode 46, uh, we were talking about the inspirational and ambitious evolution of Phil. Episode 84, we were talking about leveraging point pricing. Episode 135, we were looking at lead gen and sales. And I don't even know what episode this is going to be, like 200 and something. And it's totally different. And I know one of your core values is always be changing. It's actually the name of your YouTube channel. And I have to say, those five interviews, man, they're all very, very different. <laughs> and I think today we're going to even surprise our listeners and we're going to go completely different space for you. So welcome back. And uh, for our listeners, give a high-level overview of what you've been doing for the last year when it comes to this YouTube thing. Because I think this is so different than things that I've seen you do before. I mean, I'm sure for you, it feels like this like real slow evolution, but give a high level overview of what this YouTube thing has been about. It actually started on the distill side. So the agency side, I just started, I, I sat down frankly with an iPhone and started doing some video stuff. I think it stemmed from that, that course on lead gen that I put together. You can actually see that for free on our YouTube channel, as well as a mini course that I've done on business vlogging and you know, just kind of got into it slowly without any kind of training. It's definitely been a learn as I go kind of thing, but it was so fun and so efficient that we started doing it in various ways. So in addition to the course, I was doing daily vlogging. At one point that was targeted to credit unions, CU daily, uh, and then switched that up to business growth daily. So that it was just more industry agnostic. And from there, we started playing around with stuff just uh, with our family. And if you look at our channel, actually, at the very early stuff, which is the most embarrassing out of all of the content, uh, you can see how we just kind of had no real direction or strategy or theme to it. But then over the coming months, we started to get this travel thing where we were traveling pretty much constantly and decided to make that our theme. I mean, number one, traveling, you know, be, having a, a nomadic family lifestyle, but number two, how to fit that, meld that with still being an agency owner and running that business. 
I love seeing that evolution because I feel like sometimes people look at things like this and they think, oh, they had this grand plan that they sat down one day and they strategized that the next, you know, a couple of years of their life was going to look like this. But I think that from the outset, actually, I, I mean, I've kind of, as you brought up these points, I've watched videos from you in every one of those transition points that you mentioned, like the CU Daily, you know, the business growth yeah. thing. I mean, I think there was episodes where you guys are just chilling at your house and, you know, <laughs> drinking drinking different cocktails. There was, I think, uh, the yeah. the chili pepper or the, the it was a nut, <laughs> the hot nuts, the challenge. Yeah, yeah, the, the death nut. The death nut. Challenge. <laughs> that looked painful, uh, oh, quite painful. I, th- I know that people eating spicy stuff seems to be like a thing on YouTube. For sure. So, so you didn't really have like this big theme at first, but you were just kind of pursuing an interest or, or passion on the business side. Were you getting, I mean, were you getting like new clients through those types of channels or was it, uh, it was, was it keeping you front of mind with like your existing clients? Was that having any kind of impact for you? The idea with CU Daily was to actually use it for lead generation, to get it out there and get some some viewership, but also to serve as kind of social proof or skill proof. You know, as we're talking to credit unions and trying to get business, we can say, look, we're, we're experts, we're doing this on a daily basis. So I think that, that really helps. The problem is the, the whole credit union industry, we ended up moving away from in relatively short order because it's such a an antiquated mindset there. So we determined that wasn't a, a good fit. But Going to Business Growth Daily, that one was a little bit more about existing clients and trying to get deeper into offering value to them wherever it made sense for our clients to really encourage them to start up video programs because of the omni-channel efficiencies of starting your content at the, the video or more specifically the YouTube level and then letting that trickle down into every other channel and medium. So so starting with that video and then kind of repurposing it out to other other types of channels. Yeah, I mean, what you're doing right here, what you've been doing for years, uh, a lot of times, even for some of our clients now, we're creating blog content. And I, I really struggle with that because as I talk about in that mini course on business blogging, that's like, that's not the top of the pyramid, you know, that's in the middle of the pyramid and it's very time consuming to create blog articles. Whereas uh, actually that entire mini course, I created one per day sitting down with no script and pretty much one take and minimal editing. So if it's a topic that you can speak intelligently on to be able to just sit down, hit record and create this content seriously in like 10 minutes for most of those episodes. And then we would take that over to rev.com and get the complete transcript, which can become your blog article. Of course, we could strip out the audio and make that part of our podcast, which is something we did in the past. And then you can do chunks of it or even entire components of that on other social channels, IGTV and so on. So, you know, that whole omni-channel create once, use everywhere kind of thing. It, this is the, the ultimate uh, implementation of that. So instead of starting with a blog that can take all day to write, and it's much, difficult, much more challenging to go up to the video content from there, just start with what's easy and quick and efficient, and then it fuels everything on the, on the way down. So, so there's definitely like a, a good business case for it. I feel like going from, hey, let's create some omni-channel content to I'm going to turn my family into a reality television series is, uh, it seems like a large leap. It w- and yet it was a, a slow evolution. And, you know, we're, we're kind of getting to know it. And unlike you, where I think you've always been good at saying, 
I've got an idea for this thing and I'm going to plan purposefully and execute brilliantly. I am more of a, let's see what percolates to the top. You know, I'll, I'll dabble a little bit. And when something's particularly fun or successful, then I'll amplify it. But, um, you'll see like business growth daily. I actually haven't touched that one in a year. We've been focusing on the, the nomadic travel piece, but we are now at a point where I've kind of revamped the entire operation uh, in a, in, as a plan and determined how can we make this more cohesive and elegant between that full spectrum of digital agency business through personal life and make it all fit one theme. So that's our, our big evolution here for the rest of this year. But it's definitely been, you know, some trial and error, hit and miss, and slow, slow evolution over the months. Yeah. So, so now, kind of seeing like the future of the channel is is going to be that intersection between some of these different themes from your your life, not just about the travel focus area. It's as you know, our agency has always kind of struggled to niche vertically. Right. Um, we over 20 years have served clients of all sizes in every industry and doing just about everything. Uh, our horizontal niche has very been relatively tight around website design development. But this is an opportunity now to say, hey, what if we focused on the travel and tourism industry? Mm. And, you know, then that brings it all together because our whole personal life is about travel and tourism. So why not make that the focus for the agency? And then content that we create could almost go back and forth. So now we're we're getting more intentional about our channel lineup. So we have the always be changing stuff, which is just where we do all of our personal things. But to have some that agency channel, the business growth daily is the current name, but that'll be changed. Bringing back a couple of other uh, like the hump day happy hour concept, but renaming that and changing the format a bit. But we'll probably have a good half dozen channels here that are live and and producing content on a very structured cadence uh, by the start of the year. And it all falls within within that always be changing umbrella. How many how many episodes have you done? Um, whether the real like the full on like travel vlog, it feels like there's like there's a you know there's kind of a an, there's some production behind it. It's not just you sitting in front of your iPhone recording a quick off the cuff thing. I mean, there's obviously like drone footage. There's you know, B-roll, there's sometimes like, you know, you're reviewing a restaurant or you're going on some kind of excursion or you're doing a walkthrough of a home. I mean, how many of those types of episodes have you all produced in the last like year or so? I think we're coming up on about a hundred because I think we have over a hundred episodes on that channel. So if you take out the stuff like the death nut and the juice, you know, the goofing around pieces, probably. So each trip that we take, we've produced uh, typically anywhere from two to five episodes from that. And we started to create themes and we're becoming more structured around that. So we've noticed that our, I'll call them lodging tours, perform really well. So the homes that we stay in or the resorts that we stay in, people love those. And then we do these dining uh, tours. So best restaurants, those have performed very well. So we're making that like a top three eats from each and then top activities to do in each one of the cities that we visit. So that's like a separate playlist as well. So even though uh, I think we've got around two dozen trips over the past year, multiply that by three or four episodes per, I'd say we're getting close to a hundred episodes like that. Hey, what's up agency owners? Quick question for you. Could your client retention rate be better? Most small businesses are terrible at closing leads. So it's pretty common to churn lead gen clients quickly. But I've been really impressed with a new all-in-one marketing platform that actually closes leads without clients having to get involved. 
The platform, which is called High Level, is built specifically for agencies. And the best part is you can white label it so you can present it to your clients as your own software and collect that sticky software revenue in addition to your services charges each month. High Level normally has a 14-day free trial, but as a member of the YouGurus community, you have access to an extended 30-day trial, which you can access at gohighlevel.com forward slash YouGurus. That's gohighlevel.com forward slash U-G-U-R-U-S. All right, let's get back to the program. Monetization on YouTube's a big deal. I know that that takes a lot of traffic. I know there's a lot of people that are monetizing YouTube on other avenues. I have seen the dining, the lodging uh, reviews and things like that. Have you found yet opportunities to work with some of these uh, Airbnb hosts or wherever you guys are staying, right? I mean, are they, or is there any sponsorship? Is there any monetary wins on the back end of the show so far? Yeah, you know, our channel is still relatively new because even though we might be looking at a year and a half since we started it, we were just goofing around occasionally for at least that first six months. So it's been almost a year now where we've been more intentional about it, but it's still in the very early stages. Uh, that said, there are still plenty of businesses as we travel who are interested in the, the coverage that we get. And a lot of our stuff, a lot of our audience is outside of YouTube. So we have access to private um, Facebook groups where we get a lot of engagement. So those audiences in particular are what give us our value for being able to get the types of sponsorships you're talking about. Our, our YouTube revenue is still you know minuscule, but 100x that over the next year or two, and then it's meaningful. In the meantime, we just did our second trip to Costa Rica and had full access uh, to this beautiful villa for an entire week. And that was completely comped, just in exchange for doing an episode. For the, for the owner, we get deals like around some of the excursions that we do. Sometimes it's just a, a discount, you know, 50% off. Sometimes it's uh, completely free. So a handful of their, those in there as well. So it's starting to build up. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I think you look at something and, you know, I just kind of immediately go to like, well, that's, you know, traveling the globe. I mean, that has to add up quickly, but there's, you know, can you get any kind of win-win where you guys are doing enjoying your passion having fun with it, but also, you know, getting some, some perks out of it. So it's cool to see that. So you mentioned the private Facebook group. So part of your distribution is not just uploading the content to YouTube, but also uploading it simultaneously as original content within groups that are not publicly available. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, Inspirato, for example, is one of the programs that we're part of. And that's where a lot of these fancy homes and stuff around the world that we stay in are coming from. And that's that subscription-based travel program. So we get access to the portfolio. We don't pay any nightly rates. We we promote the hell out of it in uh, the vast majority of our episodes. And uh, they have a group that's, I want to say, close to 15,000 people maybe. And that's where we get the bulk of our engagement when we're sharing the content in that Facebook group. But uh, YouTube is, is building up. YouTube's interesting because of the additional interest and engagement that we get from people who really maybe in a lot of cases don't even care about the lodging. It's like a, a completely different kind of optimization that we're doing there. Mm. Our San Miguel de Allende Mexico dining tour is one of our absolute top performing videos. I mean, it's, it's kind of what pushed us in the direction of doing more of those. So we learn we get a lot of insight from those, but when it comes to the lodging piece, that would be the Inspirado group. And then depending on the nature of the, the, the video, the episode, will join other Facebook groups and share it there as well. But we tend to upload natively to Facebook 
on the content too. Interesting. So I, I, I had seen a lot of Inspirato content. So are they kind of, is that becoming a partnership for you guys in terms of like they're aware of who you are and they're seeing that happen? They very early on, they, they saw what we were producing and they were very appreciative and we started getting a lot of attention from them. Uh, we haven't taken it to the level of making it any kind of a real sponsored opportunity, but um, you know, I would just say that we get we, we've gotten special attention over the past year from them, and that's uh, manifested in numerous ways. I mean, we've spoken in their their virtual conferences and stuff, like for their entire internal team, for prospects, and, and that sort of thing. So we're kind of unofficial spokespeople for them, both internally and externally. Yeah. Well, that, that should become official or, or a company like them, right? Like, hey, look at what yeah. we've done for them if you don't want it. You know. But uh, yep, how, yep. how has it been with the, with the family? You know, it's interesting because it, it really varies based on age. And I've done some other nomadic executive, nomadic family podcasts where they're very experienced in that realm as well. And there are things that you just learn. But for Brooklyn and Colt, who are 10 and 9 respectively, it's almost like, they don't know a whole lot of, they don't know much different, right? Between a typical child situation with schooling and, and living and what we've been doing now for the past year, year and a half. Whereas Reagan, uh, it was a very jarring change when COVID came and everything went completely remote. We ended up locking ourselves down on our, our place in Coronado instead of in Denver. So she was out there and flying back and forth a lot. So she's the one who, after that situation kind of came to an end and people were allowed to go back to school, said, I am 100% interested in in-person school. I don't want that kind of a lifestyle. So she, we don't even take her on most of our trips now. By her choice, she's invited every single one of them. She doesn't want to miss school. Brooklyn and Colt, on the other hand, you know, they, there are challenges. They really embrace the hell out of it. They love it. They're, the big downside, of course, is that they don't get to see their friends as often. But over the past year, year and a half, that's just been the case for most people anyway. So it's yeah. only now we're getting to a point where that's becoming more of a factor. And of course, since we're buying this other place in Denver now, that problem will kind of solve itself. Colt, I mean, he is he is the crocodile hunter, you know? Yeah, he uh, seems like he, he likes the... The show. I mean, he seems like a natural <laughs> in front of the camera. I think it was like his... Maybe it was in, in Vegas and you guys did the helicopter excursion or something. Yes. And yeah. it was maybe for his birthday. And right. it just seemed like this was, you know, he, he was meant to film these types of episodes, right? Very natural <laughs> in front of the lens. Yeah, but especially uh, like the outdoorsy part of it, no matter where we go, I never realized how many places in this world have lizards and snakes. We'll go to places like Moujon, France and say, he'll say, do you guys have lizards here? And they're like, no, not really. And then, Two hours later, he's already caught like 30 lizards. I mean, no matter where we go, it's like under 30 seconds and his shirt is off and he's just out climbing trees and whatever, you know, completely nuts. And when we went to Belize, we barely saw him. He hooked up with the gardener guy. They have a huge organic garden at the Turtle Inn. And he was just off doing adventure every single day. I mean, he's catching boa constrictors and wild tarantulas and just tons of lizards. It's it's insane. He cried when we left and still cries to go back. That kid just loves adventure. So the lifestyle really suits him. He's also, he's a 
gifted, talented student. He's struggled in um, various traditional schooling environments and being able to do his online school where it's self-paced and he can do a lot of things his way has been perfect for him. Uh, obviously, Aaron and I like the lifestyle, although the way we've been doing it for the past five months, I think, since we got rid of our home in Denver has been a struggle because we've literally been living out of suitcases. And that's mm. that's tough. You know, you don't have a place to go back and change out wardrobes. Sometimes you don't even have a washer dryer. So there are challenges like that. I think having a home base so that you can go back in between trips is a it makes all the difference versus being a hundred percent nomadic and having to figure that out. I feel like these days with um kind of going back to the the kiddo education, I mean I, I feel like Growing up and and starting my entrepreneurial journeys early, it it almost felt like looking for more unconventional ways to learn was more of a common denominator amongst entrepreneurs and highly successful people is like these very dynamic childhoods, right? For good or bad, right? But these less less conventional. And so I, I have been interested to kind of ask you like how that has been you know, what are you seeing them learn and gravitate toward with this very unique life experience that's very different than most kids being in a very much more structured, you know, elementary kind of style education or, or, or middle school or high school, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't share all of our travel episodes on LinkedIn, but I do try to focus on those that have kind of that business lesson or educational lesson tie in. When we go to Las Vegas, I mean, it's just kind of, it's Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Right in a helicopter and go to some fun restaurants, but there's not as much of an educational component unless you get really deliberate about it, you know, do some tours out in the desert, hike and stuff like that. Uh, maybe you teach the, the history of the mob or something like that. But most of the places we go have a very cool educational component so that it's like they're learning things in real life instead of reading them in a textbook. And it makes all the difference. It, you might be in the same bucket as me. Like I go back to junior high and think about studying history. And it was, it was completely uninteresting to me, you know, boring um, was the word then, coming to mind for yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but then, you know, you go to like little bighorn and see exactly where that battle took place and see every one of the markers in the ground where they found where people, the bodies were left. And you just really feel like this is incredible to relive that history and to be able to do that worldwide is is so cool um, i'm experiencing most of these things for the first time myself and here my kids are getting to do it at a very young age you know we're out with whales and you know catching uh, like what do you call it trophy fish uh and 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 taking those back and cooking them up and just experiencing so much history and culture in all of these places it's it's invaluable and our kids schools have actually said yeah if Anything that you guys do that's based on history or science, biology, anything, like just do a little write-up, a sentence or two saying, this is what we did, this is what I learned, and you get extra credit for it in, in the class. So it's it's hugely valuable. And I think they, surprisingly, already really appreciate it at this age. Although there is this little strategy that we figured out. You take anyone, even I think some, some adults and show them something like, Hey, this is where so-and-so lived. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, you know, he used to live here in Florence and the kids will be like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't care. But if we teach them something or show them a movie the day before, so that they already have that familiarity, then once they see that thing in real life and experience it, it's like a thousand times more powerful. We did, um, 
this one's not so much educational, but there's the, the Netflix show called uh, Chef's Table. It's very popular, like some of the top chefs around the world. And when we were in Tuscany, Chianti, we went to the, one of the restaurants. And so the night before, we actually let the kids watch the episode that was about that chef and that restaurant. And it was an engaging one-hour episode. And then the next day, we show up there, and they met that guy in person and experienced everything in the show. And like it's, I think, one of the most exciting things I've ever seen Brooklyn experience. She was just nuts. It was like meeting... The, the top celebrity, uh, you know, of her dreams and getting to experience something really cool with them. That's an awesome hack. I love that uh, to make that more interesting and in relevance. Have you found that like having a a camera presence, that kind of fourth wall experience? I mean, I feel like there's, I feel like in certain ways, maybe it would make things you'd, you'd be more present because you'd be thinking, okay, how do we make this interesting and engaging? Which probably pushes you to have different experiences. But have you found any kind of drawbacks of of having that always around or around at certain times? Have you created boundaries around that kind of stuff when it comes to what you're filming together as a family and when you're filming? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that we have, I don't know, kind of struggled with. There are times when we're like, we just want to be together as a family and not have to worry about filming. And uh, so that's part of the reason that our new theme here for dining is like top three eats or top three things, you know, the activities to do. We do a lot more than that on each one of our trips, but we're like, we don't want to have to film everything. We'll film some of them. And then the others, we're just going to be present. But since Brooklyn and Colt are all over the YouTube thing and, and, you know, really love it. It's not, we don't get the whole, you know, put the camera down and just play with us. Mm. Like we get to do those things anyway. They appreciate it. They understand it. And of course we're always, prioritizing the family over the cameras, even if it means we end up with, you know, crappy footage that's not really usable. That's just not our priority, but it can be, it's a hassle. And you've always used really good video equipment in your production. So you can understand how going from some of the vloggers who just like carry around a, uh, a GoPro or just use a phone but going to like my 35 pound backpack that has all the camera equipment and lenses and everything, you know, and you're out like hundred degrees in the Mexico desert with, uh, <laughs> you know, a huge mirrorless and everything on a selfie stick. It's, it's a pain in the ass for sure. So we try to uh, do everything that we can to, to keep that to the absolute necessary moments and just enjoy the time and relax the rest of the, the time. Yeah, that's cool. I, I when I started seeing drones show up in the travel and and the quality right and I know I know what that stuff looks like and I'm like oh Phil's like he's got like a a pelican case that he's traveling with or a backpack like there's a there's a box that comes yeah. with Phil now on all of his trips like this isn't just iPhone camera time right I think you really leveled right. up at some point with with the production value and I think that it shows but I also realized the behind the scenes is like like when we used to do our YouTube interviews uh, for agency owners. Tyler and I would get on a plane and we'd bring Kino lights. We'd bring giant yeah. tripods, you know? I mean, we had like 90% of our travel gear was cameras. And then we had like a little side satchel with like a t-shirt and underwear. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and, and that's a, even a step beyond the whole run and gun style that we use where, you know, you need to be versatile. And I, I barely carry anything that's even remotely resembling lighting, maybe like a little LED thing. And mm. otherwise just work with the, the stuff you have because most of our stuff is going to be outside while we're 
we're traveling around. So we're not setting up equipment like that, but yeah, I mean, that's a whole different level, but either way, that's, there's just that spectrum of complexity and it's tough to know where you want to play in there. You know, the difference between, you know, DSLR or mirrorless quality with the, the bokeh background blur that you've got going on right there with your fancy camera, you know, but at the same time, at what cost when you're doing the run and gun stuff, like yeah. is it worth all that extra weight and complexity versus just using that iPhone. And especially now with the iPhone's iPhone 13 cinematic mode, it's going to be very interesting. We've got ours that should be here pretty soon. So maybe at least get to use simpler stuff, lighter stuff a lot more frequently than the others. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. One of the things I want to, I want to close on in topic areas is you know, impact for you as an entrepreneur running the business. I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of traveling, the investment of putting these episodes together, running the YouTube channel. I mean, obviously this is not a, well, there might be some perks, but I, I don't gather from you this is replacing agency revenue anytime soon in terms of the core business. I mean, how have you balanced the travel, the nomadic stuff, the channel with actually running the core business? Well, we had already been a remote agency again for like a year before COVID hit, you know, and and before we started traveling. So the ability to just work somewhere other than an office was already there. That was just the, the structure of the agency. So the biggest change would be time zones if we're going around the world and uh, connectivity, you know, making sure that we've got good Wi-Fi or some other way to be able to communicate. And then mostly time uh, because, you know, working remote from home, for example, you can still do a lot of stuff in the day, but if we're out doing whale watching or hikes or whatever during the day, then it just eats into those hours. And so that latter part has really been addressed by having Carol and Tiffany running the two departments, you know, marketing and, and web and giving me a lot more freedom to be able to be away for, you know, hours throughout the day or sometimes even days throughout the week. Uh, so it's, it, it's pretty critical uh, running an operation like that to have people who can really kind of run things while you're away, no doubt. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like you're you're still working quite a bit, but there are a lot of, it's not like this is uh, Lockwood time nights and weekends. I mean, you guys are taking prime time weekday to go on adventures, to travel, to shoot, and then you're just kind of trying to find time to work kind of in, in, the, in the margins. Yes. And it varies based on the kids' school schedule as well. So they're just back in school now. So that actually means that I can work more during those hours as well. When it's summertime for them, then there's more in terms of uh, doing the activities to keep them busy. So those are the times when I put in few hour, fewer hours. Are you the one that's doing a lot of the editing and production? Or are you are you now investing like in other people helping? We're... I think it's going to be a long time until we hire other people to do any part of this. And part of that is just my, my whole mentality, the agency, same way. Like I, I prefer to minimize resources, whether it's, you know, software, hardware, infrastructure, or people. Um, and so here it's like, if we can keep doing this 
on our own internally for an extended period of time. Not only does it save money, but it gives us, uh, it's more efficient in a way. So as long as we have time to do that, we would. Probably six months ago, Aaron and I kind of standardized around me being responsible for the hardware side of this. And she was going to start doing the editing. So it's been a while since I've edited any of our stuff. For the, for the so you're ch- you're doing a lot channel. more of the shooting and the setting up, but I noticed that she's kind of. It seems like she's more of like hostess on the yeah. the the videos a lot more. I mean, you're still you guys do like the couple type shots and things like that, but I mean, there are some stuff where yeah. you're you're on there. But it does seem like she's kind of you're kind of behind the camera maybe more, and then but she's actually exactly. doing the editing. Yeah, precisely. So, and, and awesome. uh, I mean. I'm definitely no expert on it yet. You know, uh, like I said, I'm learning all of this as I go and doing a lot of YouTube courses myself just to learn. I mean, I bought the that Sony A7S three, which is a fantastic camera, but having zero idea how to use it. So <laughs> you can see that like episode to episode, sometimes, you know, it's, it's two steps forward, one step back. You're like, Oh, this is really good. And then eh, a little overexposed there, but it's, it's fun, you know, it's fun to just geek out on all of that stuff. And yeah, certainly with the drones and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it, it does mean that it's it's kind of a requirement for me to do the vast majority of that, uh, the more complex shooting. So yeah, I end up being behind the camera more because I'm the one learning how to use those. Have you had clients ask you now for video work just because they're seeing what you're doing? Minimally, but part of that again is because the whole push on the agency side, I stopped or paused about a year ago. But we do want to make that a bigger part. The question has been how, what kind of a product offering should we make around it? Because we don't want it, we want it to be something that's scalable. And I'm not going to go shooting videos right. for clients as a general rule because I, I don't want to build up a team and I'm certainly not going to do that on my own and be able to scale it. So it's more like um, consulting. I mean, First of all, watch watch the episodes uh, that we have around business vlogging and learn how to use it more. And then, hey, would you like some one-on-one coaching? Well, let's do a thousand bucks a month and we're doing a certain number of calls on a certain cadence where we review strategy and the content that you've been producing and answer questions. And so it's just a hand-holding thing that it, you know, it'd be easier to get that recurring revenue and keep my, my responsibilities to an absolute minimum. Yeah. So I think that's that's largely where we're going to go, especially as we try to pivot here to having more of that travel and tourism focus. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see this continue to evolve. I'm sure in six months or a year when I see enough has changed, I'll say, hey, Phil, come back to the show and and we'll get an update. <laughs> we'll get that, uh, that sixth episode in, in there as well. So um, as you know, man, we love our lightning round questions on this, and I know you've answered these. This will be the fifth go at this, but uh, I can't let an episode go without them. So uh, you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Forgot what's, about this, by the way. <laughs> what's the best <laughs> advice you've ever received? I don't know if I've used this one before, and like I said, I always try to mix it up, but my, my grandmother actually is given me some of the best advice ever. She, we don't talk very often. Uh, and so it's just like these little things, but I'm like, these are all gems. And I told her the other day when I saw her, but she said, accept responsibility for your successes and your failures. And I've used that almost every single week since we have a habit of wanting to accept responsibility for our successes and, you know, explain away the, the failures, but uh, it's very powerful to accept both. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Honestly, perfectionism. I know it's it, perfectionism has a, a bad rap, but that's a whole separate episode. But it, uh, you know, 
it's the aesthetic and, and the details. So that served me well over the years. What's a tool or app or resource that you've been using lately that you think our listeners would find valuable? I'm always you know, trying to simplify, so get away from platforms and that sort of thing. One thing that I've started using religiously is Google Tasks. So I have the Google Tasks app on my phone, but it's also in the sidebar in my Gmail and my calendar. So I just see it daily and it really helps me just keep everything front and center. It's, it's the digital version of my Post-it note, but it's one that I actually use. And what book could you recommend and why? Well, Leonardo da Vinci, Walter Isaacson, one of, uh, one of his many fantastic books. And the, the curiosity that Leonardo carried around, by the way, people call him da Vinci. That just means from Vinci. So it's a, a misnomer when people say da Vinci. Uh, <laughs> but um, like the most curious person who's probably ever lived on the face of the planet, maybe uh, second place would be Steve Jobs. And it's just very interesting to see what, what life could be, how interesting the world can be when you're just constantly curious. It was an amazing individual. It's so cool to see. Awesome. Well, we will link out to Walter Isaacson's Leonardo da Vinci, and we will make sure that we don't call him da Vinci and, and, uh, if, ever, if I've ever bring it up in the future. Uh, but we'll link out to that as well as lots of other takeaways and resources from this episode at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you listen to this week of, you'll see Phil's picture right up there at the top. We'll also link out to the other four episodes that Phil was on or on our podcast page. There is a little search box. You can type in Phil Lockwood and you'll find all of his references both uh, on on the, the individual episodes but also other episodes where he was referenced. Uh, I think that what you've accomplished as an agency owner, Phil, is amazing. I think the channel is awesome. We'll also link out to the channel. Uh, but how can our audience find out more about you and is there anything that you have they can check out? I'm trying to back out of a lot of social media stuff, frankly, but LinkedIn, I think, is going to be there for the long haul. So if you want to connect on LinkedIn, I'm always up for that. And we love it when people engage on our our videos uh, on YouTube. So you can follow that channel. And everything is on followabc.com. So it's the best way to kind of track us down and chime in. Awesome. And that's followabc.com. And ABC stands for always be changing. We'll also link out to your YouTube channel. So you heard us talking about Phil's YouTube channel this entire episode. So if you're on the road or on a run and you're like, oh yeah, I got to go do that. Just check out yougurus.com slash podcast. And we'll link out to uh, Phil's social media as well as his YouTube channel. Definitely go check that out. And I would encourage you to sort by most views uh, and and see some of those most viewed episodes. We didn't get into some of the specific episodes. I, I kind of had, I wanted to a little bit, but maybe we'll bring you back for future uh, and talk about some of those most interesting episodes as well. But Phil, it's been an inspiration to watch that evolution and always welcome to come back and join us for another program. All right, man. Sounds great. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of the digital agency show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.